Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, a new low in the Habs season and the Laval Rockets' insane weekend against the Senators. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 997 of Locked on Canadians, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week. I am your host. I am Scott Matlow once again, and today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more because right now new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started today. Like I was saying, I am your host. My co-host will be back for tomorrow's episode. Uh, She is traveling back today, so it is just me today right now. Uh, We've we've got a really... It's going to be interesting because there's quite a split between uh, the Canadians organization this week. It is Monday, and Monday means three up and three down here at Lockdown Canadians, where we take a look at the up, the rising stocks, the falling stocks. Uh, but before we get into that later on in the show, and there is plenty to recap in there, trust me, uh, we have to talk about Saturday night. The Montreal Canadiens took on the Boston Bruins coming on the heels of an embarrassing loss to the Ottawa Senators, a game where it was 6-2. It was not good for the Canadians. It is embarrassing to lose to a rival, a team that is far worse than you in the standings, and a game everybody saw coming. On Saturday night in Boston, wearing road red, which white at home, color on the road, make it happen, NHL. Please, I'm begging you. Uh, The Canadians have played two different games. They were great right there, blow for blow. And then there was whatever the third period was. This was a game that through two periods had nine goals. It was a 5-4 contest. It was a ridiculously high-scoring game, a fun game where the Canadians were able to counterattack. Power play, you know, was clicking. All the things were happening. Samuel Montebo didn't have his best game, but the defense was doing nothing to help him out in this instance. But they were there. And then all of a sudden in the third period, four straight unanswered goals by the Bruins. And, and that's where I start to draw an issue with here is that I can handle the Canadians if they lost this game, like, let's say 6-4 or something. You know what? Fine. This is a game they probably should lose. The Bruins are a very good team. And I'm just looking down the recap here. You know, it wasn't like it was an uneven game overall in that the Bruins had 36 shots on goal, but they are also a team that should be doing that. But the Canadians right there, Cole Caulfield opened the scoring, uh, 9-18 in, Brandon Carlo ties it, or three minutes later, Yoel Armia scores, makes it a 2-1 Habs game. Brilliant assist from Joshua, by the way. And then two late goals by the Bruins inside of a minute in the game there. It's 3-2 after the first period. Wild, fun, worth it. Mike Matson makes it 3-3 early on on the power play in the third period, or second period, my apologies. Then Danton Heinen scores, Charlie Coyle scores. 
It is 5-3. Brendan Gallagher makes it 5-4 with uh, 13 minutes played or at 13 minutes in the second period. And then the Habs just shut it off. After that, there was nothing. The bits of this game I got to watch because I had to watch it <clears throat> uh, elsewhere because it was on NHL Network, so I cannot stream it, something we have talked a lot about on this podcast this year. And it, it just, everything was, every mistake the Canadians made got punished by the Bruins, which is what good teams do. Good teams punish bad teams' mistakes. 6-4, okay, you're still in there. 7-4, not great. And then Pavel Zaka and Danton Heinen inside of a minute apart or so, just falling apart. And that's where I start to draw the, the problem here. And it's not like there was only one real, like, scrummy part in this game here, and that was Josh Anderson and Trent Frederick, which, okay, fine. But this is a game that the Canadians were in. They might not have won this game, even though they stuck with it. But you were right there. And a lot of fans would have accepted a loss if, you know, you stuck with there and you were with it. But I'm watching David Savard make mistakes, not covering things. Jaden Strubel had probably his worst game of the season as a Canadians player. And yeah, he can be better. But at the same time, I'm not going to put it all on him because I don't think that's fair, but I'm just kind of walking down uh, the list here. Everybody was bad. They're defensively in that third period. Everybody's bad. Everyone who was kind of running even a little bit on power plays or whatnot, or uh, against the shorthand, but everyone just ends a minus. And I know plus minus is not, a counting stat, but you look at guys who played a lot of minutes in this game, minus two, minus three, minus three, minus three, minus two, minus three, minus three, minus two, minus two, minus three. It's bad. This is a team that just did not have anything for the Bruins and basically left Samuel Montembeau out to drive for eight goals. Caden Primo comes in and the first thing that happens is almost immediately gives up a power play goal. That's an embarrassing game off an embarrassing game. Had this game ended 5-4 where the Canadians just got outgunned a little bit, I would have been like, you know what? Good rebound against us. The Bruins are that much higher in the standings. I believe they're the top team in the Eastern Conference. They are. They have 65 points. That's 20 more than the Canadians have, which isn't saying much because, again, the Habs are not supposed to be good this season, mind you. But it, it's a it's a pride thing. And there was no pride in these last two games for the Canadians. And you're in a season where you are going to be bad. You have to show a little bit of pride in this. Because now, Tuesday, you play the Senators again. And then you play Patrick Waugh and the Islanders later on this week on Thursday. And then you play the Penguins on Saturday. And then you have a week off. You are at home against the Senators. At home. After the game that you just played against the Bruins and the game that you played against the Senators earlier this week, you cannot go into that game and play like you did tonight. You, The odd man rush thing, I don't know what it is if it's just, I don't want to tell the Canadians to be less aggressive in their offensive approach because being aggressive on the counterattack and activating the defense is why they get so much scoring from their back end. That's phenomenal. But there are times that they don't adjust and you have guys pinching and guys are not covering 
and you are one missed pass away or one blocked shot going the other way from it being an odd man rush. And to be quite honest, the Canadians and their goaltending have not done well against that. Admittedly, they are not expected to do well against odd man rushes. It's statistically not in your favor. There are two to three of them and one to maybe two of you, if you are lucky, that's not you statistically, you're not going to win there. But I look at this game and I look at the senators game and every little mistake they made in the neutral zone towards the offensive zone went the other way and they scored. This was not, they lost their head off their game. This is just, they stopped, they quit. Having a little pride goes a long way. The Senators game, I'm not saying it's a must-win game. I'm saying it's a can't-lose game. You have a team that is still well below you in the standings, still isn't playing well. And yeah, they're a feisty team. If you're not upset after these last two games against division rivals, you need to get your head checked going into this. There's a lot of guys on this team who need to be better. Josh Anderson came back in the lineup. That meant Jesse Olin was a healthy scratch. Why? I don't know. You're a team that sometimes struggles to score goals, and you took out one of your – a guy that you shoehorned into a bottom a, – a fourth-line role with offensive skill. I don't love it. Rafael Harvey-Pinard got demoted to the fourth line, which is also unfair and stupid because guess what? The line with Josh Anderson was terrible again. I have – so many questions about Martin St. Louis uh, and the coaching and everything in this game. That's going to come in our up segment. All I'm saying is we're going to preview the Senators game a little bit more in depth tomorrow when Laura is back. And because it deserves a little bit more of an in-depth thing here. Who's starting in net? Who do you go back to Samuel Montembeau? I just want to see this team play with pride. And because we've seen them do that, the game against the Oilers, the game against the Avs, the game against the Devils, that's a Canadians team that is still not 100% where it needs to be, but can play with pride. If you can't do that, start looking to start asking people, do you want to go somewhere else? Straight up. I have no problem with that at this point. Start cleaning out the dead weight then. Uh, It is Monday, which means we're going to go into three up and three down, and we'll get into all of that and more coming up next. But first, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride-or-die vehicle alive. And eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With 122 million parts for your number one ride-or-die vehicle, you'll find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every single time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not burning cash. With all the parts you need at prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit available to U.S. customers only. We are back here at Locked on Canadians. I am your host. I am Scott Matla, and I'm reminding you, subscribe to us wherever you get your daily podcast on Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you're, you know, a video person watching on YouTube.com as well. For those who might be new here, we've picked up some new subscribers in the past week or so, which thank you from the bottom of my very, you know, large and full heart. Uh, we do three up and three down on Mondays where we have three risers and three fallers, usually in the Canadians or around hockey as a whole. 
We're going to start with the uh, downside first here. Uh, we always like to get the negative out of the way early and then slide in and with something positive on a good note with so many other things here. And first and foremost, let's let's step right into step back into the mess we left behind in the first segment there. The Montreal Canadiens defense was abysmal this week, left their goaltenders out to dry in both games that they lost. They were very good against the Devils and then just wilted against two other teams, one of which they should have beaten pretty easily. And yes, I mean the Senators. Sorry, not sorry on that. Therein lies a problem. This defense isn't good enough, and they went back to pairings that had been working earlier in the week, or not that hadn't been working earlier in the week. They had moved some things around, and then all of a sudden you have Matheson and Savard back together, you have Struble Gooley, uh, and then you have Harris Barron. And I'm going to be really, really honest with you. I don't know why they changed it. The Senators game wasn't great, but I don't think changing things off a of one-game sample size is something that needed to be done in this. And then just from the outset of the Bruins game, watching the new pairings, nothing worked on the defense. Like I said, every mistake turned into a goal, and there were a lot of mistakes by the defense. You don't give up nine goals on accident. That's a complete meltdown of defensive structure. And I'm going to tie this into my second down point here because it's not just the Canadians' defense. Martin St. Louis sometimes, no, not sometimes, struggles badly that when the tide is turning, calling a timeout, kind of restructuring the team a little bit, doing something, it's not a thing that happens. Montembeau was 5-4, fine. The minute it got to 7-4, get take him out. He doesn't deserve any of what is happening in this game. And you let him, he got one more goal against there. And then they made the goalie change for Caden Primo and the defense didn't help him either. You as a coach need to understand when things are not going away, you need to be able to turn things around and slow the game down just a little bit. I know that as a player, you want to go out there and immediately start fixing things and changing things. I understand kind of where his mindset is at with this. But there are times that you have to know, call timeout. Give your guys a break here. Let everybody reassess where they're at. If you can't do that, you're part of the problem. And I'm not saying fire Martin St. Louis or anything like that. I'm far from it. But be better. Why is Rafael Harvey Pinard on the fourth line? Why is Michael Bezzetta playing over Jesse Yolanen? Why, why does Josh Anderson get to come back in and immediately break up a line that had been working pretty effectively together in Evans, Gallagher, and Harvey Pinard? I understand that you want Josh Anderson to get going, but he's not the guy. And I don't know how often we have to say that. I feel bad. I like Josh Anderson. I like the potential of that. But you are taking a guy into this lineup who hasn't played. In, he hasn't played in a handful of games, and you're breaking up a line that was working, scratching one of your more skilled wingers who is driving that fourth line. And look at the results. I get Pizzetta against the Senators. You want a guy who's out there who's tough and bold and everything else. Understood, absolutely understood. You also need someone else to score goals eventually. 
And I'm very curious, and I know I say curious a lot on this show, I realize that what they do on Monday, going into Tuesday, Jesse Olinen should be playing more games. Absolutely. But I don't want them to take out Pizzetta going into that. At the same time, you got to make a call somewhere here. You got to change things up. We know Tanner Pearson's not far off, which means Joshua Waugh goes back down to the AHL. Ideal? No, but also, what are you going to do? Speaking of the Senators game, this is going to be kind of a two-part. This is going to flow into the up up segment next from the down segment here. Uh, I have a lot on my brain about the Belleville Senators organization and their team after a two-game series with the Laval Rocket this week. Uh, they played Friday night at Place Bell in Laval. Uh, the Rocket came away with, I believe it was, a 6-4 win there. It was, uh, <laughs> to put it lightly, a unmitted, oh, it was 5-2 game. That's right. The uh, The Rocket just came out and punched the Senators in the mouth. But we'll talk about the up a little bit uh, later on here. The biggest thing about this game was that the Rocket felt disrespected after a previous game where Bokanji Amama, in a 4-1 game, got into it with someone in front of the Rocket bench and then decided to go after one of the members of the Rocket coaching staff verbally, getting in a huge argument with him, and the Rocket just didn't have an answer for it. They felt disrespected, and going into the game against the Senators on Friday night, uh, Philippe Maillet talking to Anthony Marcotte, who uh, works for BPM Sports, who calls all the Rocket games, mentions like, we remember that. We, you know, we took note of all of that. We took that personally, and the game itself turned into, oh boy, when I say a mess, absolutely a mess. And everything started with... Uh, it was late in the first period, I believe, or into the second period. Uh, it is a three, one rocket game. Everything's kind of, you know, in order there. Puck comes around the board and Mill Heineman braces, holds his ground. Yuri Schmeichel runs into the back of him, gets winded, knocked out for a second. Heineman is assessed a five minute major penalty for standing still with the puck and the officiating from there lost whatever control of the game they had. Lucas Condotta hit Cole Reinhardt to forward scrapped. Reinhardt gets knocked out by Lucas Condotta. Uh, Philip Cedarquist, brand new guy for the Rocket, comes in. There's a loose puck, swats at it. He gets cross-checked by at least three or four guys, gets a roughing penalty for defending himself. Suddenly, the guy who was knocked out, Yuri Schmeichel, tries to fight Logan Mayu in that scrum. Josh Curry blindsides Xavier Simeno. They fight. Uh, Just everything was a mess. There was another fight. And then to end everything late in the game, Jakob Dobish makes a big save. Brendan Sonia hits somebody behind the rocket net. Arbor Jacki, laser focused, sees this, grabs Sonia, pummels him, and despite the Senators fans, my mention saying otherwise, and then judo throws a man on skates to the ground and skates off. The Rocket win 5-2 in that game. There were, I believe, almost 100 total penalty minutes in that game. And we're going to now fast forward into Saturday. 23 seconds in, Logan Mayu and Zach Ostapchuk get in a fight. 
You've got Boko Omama back after serving his three-game suspension for attacking a goaltender. Wild, I know. Uh, fighting Riley McKay. McKay way out of his weight class. And for the most part, everything was just a little tense, a little feisty throughout there. It was a 2-2 game early on, uh, late in the second period after the Rocket battle back. They were down 2-0 in this. Got two quick goals. Imama takes a cross-checking penalty, giving the Rocket a power play to start the third period. And Emil Heinemann buries it, makes it 3-2. And then all hell broke loose. 16 minutes left to play. Brennan Sonier offside, fires a shot high past Casimir Kaskisuo. Kaskisuo tries to grab him, be like, what the hell? Sonier took that as an invitation to then circle the net, run up, cross-check, shove, whatever. Uh, Kaskisuo getting himself a five-minute major. The fact that he wasn't kicked out of the game is wild. Uh, and it was just gross. Uh, just a team that had no interest in trying to win the game. They sat out there and they ran a goon show and that's all they've ever done. And it's, I'd say it's disappointing, but it's exactly what I expect from little brother. They got to act out for attention. The biggest part of this rocket win is, or the rockets two wins. They move ahead of uh, Belleville in the AHL North standings. So there is a silver lining in that. Uh, they're on my down list because just an unmitigated disaster. If you want to watch chaos hockey, go watch that. It's well worth it. Uh, but we're going to move the rest of the way into the ups where I have plenty of praise for some of the other Rocket players, some of the PWHL players, and the Montreal Canadiens. And that's all coming up next. But first, today's show is brought to you by the folks at FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are in full swing. My Packers, unfortunately, are out of the playoffs. It is what it is. But there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers can get 150 in bonus bets Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet right now. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. So explore the Parlay Hub, the best way to find the most popular parlays on FanDuel. Find bets in the Explore tab to see if there's something that catches your interest. And the best part is when you win big, you can cash out immediately on an app that is safe, secure, and easy to use. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. With FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and us here at Locked On. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. This is our final segment for the show today. And we're gonna we're gonna continue the little bit of a wave from uh what just happened uh with the down segment here. I have nothing but praise for the Laval Rocket players this weekend. They were put in a extremely tough, crucial, high leverage situation coming into it on a seven-game win point streak and leaving it on a nine-game point streak, moving up into fourth place in the AHL's highly competitive North Division. Jakob Dobish and Kazimir Kaskisuo have been lights out for the Rocket. Dobish held the fort on Friday, and Kaskisuo made 45 saves in a win on Saturday. Absolutely outstanding goaltending there. A big part of why they're back into this. And Dobish himself is a petty little crapster and i love it when he feels slighted by a team he remembers that he goes out there and in the next game he is just lasers there are about 10 seconds left in the friday night game and the rocket had the puck in their zone and he's just standing there with his stick in the air saluting the other team as the rocket come away with a win just standing there all business even when the horn goes 
just daggers down the other end of the ice. He is, he's got the mindset of a goalie. And I mean that in the most complimentary way possible, that duo there is getting the rocket into the playoffs in a big way. And you can't help but be happy about that. And the biggest part of this weekend is they did it without Joshua. They did it without Sean Farrell. Uh, they didn't know Matias Norlinder, no Brady Keeper. Some of the regulars are missing in there. They still don't have Mitchell Stevens back from the NHL. So they are doing this with a, you know, constantly shuffling lineup. And I have big shout outs for guys like Lucas Condotta, scoring big goals, getting in scraps, getting assists, killing penalties. Jan Mishak's three point game on Friday night, two goals and an assist. He unself, he very selflessly gave up his chance at a hat trick to feed Brandon Giniak for the empty net goal. That's teamwork you can't teach. Uh, they're getting so much from their bottom six. You're seeing a lot from Leas Anderson and Philippe Maillet who have stepped into their leadership roles incredibly. The blue line continues to generate points. William Trudeau looks great. Toby Paquette Bisson. The Jackeye-Mayu pairing might be one of the best in the AHL because they are just physical they are great with covering their space. There are mistakes, but they are getting so much better working together. It's hard to argue against anything that they've done. Uh, and then just young guys, guys like Jared Davidson, they make mistakes, come out, score big goals. Emil Heineman get an unfair five-minute penalty, score the game-winning goal in the next game. Incredible stuff, truly. Uh, on the other upside, uh, Marie-Philippe Poulin. I don't need to spend long on this because everybody knows that uh, she is inevitable. She is, and I know as an American, I have watched her break the hearts of my nation more times than I can count. Watching her play for PWHL Montreal is a treat. She, on Saturday night, with Montreal trailing by a goal late in the third period, takes a puck through the neutral zone and just does the damn thing herself. Gets it to overtime, gets the team a point. Yes, they lost in a shootout, but she is she is a special, special talent. I know that there's a next generation of women's hockey climbing into the ranks here and starting to work their way up. She reminds me so much, and I Marie Philippe Poulin is not meant to be just a clone of a male hockey player, but someone who just continues to play at a high level all the time. She's women's hockey Sidney Crosby. She just does the damn thing all the time if you haven't had a chance to watch any of the pwhl games they are free on youtube they are so much fun to watch they are high energy the physicality is there the intensity is there everything you could want and you get to watch the top stars in the in women's hockey all in one place i no matter what i will put the games on it is such a nice change of pace there. The skill level is off the charts, the physicality. And then, like I said, you get to watch some of the best of the newest generation, this generation, some of the past generation go out there and just do their thing. I can't recommend it enough at that point. Uh, and to round out the show here, Cole Caulfield, five-game point streak. Or is it a goal streak? Either way, it doesn't matter. Cole Caulfield's up to 16 goals on the year. He's riding an absolute heater right now. His shooting percentage is getting closer and closer back to where it should be. I'm not saying he's going to hit 40 goals, but being on pace for 30 plus is not a bad thing on a team whose power play fluctuates between dialed in and off. 
no in between, dialed in or off. I'm, I'm realizing my hands are the wrong. Anyways, I am so happy to see him kind of hitting that next level. And that helps Nick Suzuki and that helps Yuri Slavkovsky. That line still, they had a rough outing against the Bruins. Not their best game. They had a rough outing kind of against the Senators a little bit too. Slavkovsky and Caulfield get on the board in that one, but no. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, moving into the next one. I want to see the I want to see them be the guys against the Senators on Tuesday. I want to see Slavkovsky yelling after scoring goals right in Brady Kachuk's face. I want to see Cole Caulfield just rifling one-timers like we know he can do. He's so good at what he does. I want to see them continue to cook. And against the Senators and the Islanders, it's crucial that that line gets going. Take some pressure off the rest of the lineup a little bit or do what Sean Monahan did. Sean Monahan, three assists against the Bruins, up to, I believe it's 31 points in 46 games this year. Uh, his trade value is absolutely skyrocketing right now. Is he going to be the top guy on the trade market at the deadline there? Probably not. But at the same time, that's not unexpected. Yeah, 31 points in 46 games this year. Uh, surprisingly, one of the best years he's had in since... 2019-2020, where he may be trending to equal that. He's got 11 goals and 20 assists. He's had some rough years in there when he's been injured in Calgary and everything, but I think Sean Monahan's been great. He's done everything you could possibly expect of him in this, playing a wing role, playing a center role, third line, second line, being part of the first line for a little bit. Sean Monahan's doing everything he can to hold up his end of the bargain here. He stayed healthy, knock on wood. He's performed well. His trade value is just skyrocketing at this point. Uh, we are, call it a, about a month or so out from the NHL trade deadline. If he keeps up this pace, and I'm not saying he's going to get three assists in every single game here, but if he keeps the pace up and you know clears around 40-ish points by the trade deadline, Teams are going to come knocking for this. If he can hit 15 goals, it's four more goals in a month and a half. Not out of the question. If he can hit 40 points, nine more in a month and a half. Not out of the question. There's a lot of good things that can happen for the Canadians here. And he's had to step up in a role with Kirby Doc out and Alex Newhook out, etc. And he's done so pretty well. I understand the calls to wanting him back, but honest to God, do not miss your chance to move this asset from for what you need right now. Don't be short-sighted with that. Uh, I love what Sean Monahan's done. If they trade him and he doesn't want to resign in the offseason, more power to him. I think he's been an absolutely incredible Canadian for the last two years, injuries or not. Uh, who's on your up and down list? You can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. Leave it down in the comments on YouTube as well. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow me at Scott Matley. You can follow us wherever you get your daily podcasts on Google, Apple, or Spotify, or if you are watching on YouTube.com. But for now, I am signing off. And folks, we will see you all next time. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? 
I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.